Well, good morning. Isn't it wonderful to be back here again, face to face, in person, and to be singing uh, songs of praise and worship to the Lord? It's just wonderful. This morning, I'm going to talk a little bit about political correctness and a little bit about political incorrectness. It is a hot button issue in our society today, without question. Just turn the news on any night. Now, we all know people who are politically correct, and we all know people who are politically incorrect. And I'm sure it wouldn't take you very long to think of people that you know that fall into either of those two categories. My guess is that if you really think about it, the politically correct list is probably a lot longer of a list than the politically incorrect list. So I wonder, as your priest, where would you place me on those two lists? I hope that my name can be found on your politically incorrect list and not the other way around. You see, to be politically incorrect means that you say things and you do things that if you were a politician wouldn't go over very well. Politically, most of the media would adamantly disagree with you and lots of people would say that you're unkind that you're bigoted, mean, and that you're narrow-minded. Basically, to be politically incorrect means that you don't agree with the popular opinions of the day. And so I wonder, how would you rate yourself? Are you politically correct, or are you politically incorrect? There's someone we both know that, someone who we're very close to, who's very politically incorrect. In fact, I would say that he was and is the most politically incorrect person to ever walk the face of this earth. He said things that didn't go over very well politically. His words were so shocking, so different from what the people were used to hearing, so different from the thinking of the day, that he was accused of being crazy and evil. And even beyond evil, he was accused of being demon-possessed and and even the devil himself in the person of Beelzebul. He was accused of breaking the law and of being a drunkard. In fact, he was so politically incorrect that the religious establishment and the local government branded him as a criminal. Now, of course, the person I'm talking about is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Jesus was all about everything that could possibly be considered politically incorrect. Because the things that he said and the things that he did, they were extremely different from what was considered to be acceptable during his day. Jesus was so politically unacceptable that people cheered in the streets when he was crucified. But guess what? As a follower of Jesus Christ, if you're a bearer of his name, then you're politically incorrect. I say that because the beliefs that Jesus has given us through his word and his teachings are very different from what the world around us believes. Beliefs about what's moral and immoral, beliefs about heaven and eternal life, and beliefs about how to get there, just a few. Beliefs about right and wrong. Beliefs about absolute truth. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, then whether you like it or not, you're politically incorrect. Because what we believe as Christians is very different from what the world around us believes. 
In fact, as you go deeper in your faith, you become more and more aware of the profound differences between having a secular worldview and having a biblical worldview. In our Old Testament lesson today, we meet another man who also falls into the politically incorrect category. His name is Jeremiah. Jeremiah was an Old Testament prophet. He's what we call one of the major prophets. Little side note, the New Testament quotes Jeremiah more than 40 times. Jewish tradition credits him with writing the book of Kings and the book of Lamentations in addition to the book of Jeremiah. He was a prophet sent by God to warn Israel and Judah that terrible consequences would come as a result of breaking the covenant with God and, and turning their back on him by worshiping false gods and idols. He regularly spoke out against idolatry and, and against greedy priests and against false prophets. He was called by God as a young boy, in fact. Throughout his whole ministry, God told Jeremiah to speak some very politically incorrect things. And in verse 7, Jeremiah cries out to the Lord, saying, I have become a laughingstock all the day. Everyone mocks me. For whenever I speak, I cry out, I shout, violence and destruction. See, Jeremiah was telling the people that if they didn't repent and turn back to God, very bad things will happen. Judah will be faced with famine and plundered and taken captive by foreigners who would then exile them to a foreign land and Jerusalem would fall to the Babylonian army. Even though Jeremiah was speaking the truth, God's truth, it was politically incorrect. And so the king's priests and the officials, they, they tried to convince the king to put Jeremiah to death because he was discouraging the soldiers and as well as the people. Throughout his ministry, Jeremiah was persecuted for speaking God's truth. In verse 10, listen to what he says. He says, I hear many whispering. Terror is on every side. Denounce him. Let us denounce him. Say, my familiar friends, watching for my fall. Perhaps he will be deceived, and then we can overcome him and take our refuge on him, our re re revenge on him, sorry. Now that same thing, it can happen to you and me. As followers of Jesus Christ, we have some beliefs that are very politically incorrect, beliefs that come from the word of God. The Holy Spirit, remember, inspired the words of the Bible. And so we believe them to be absolute truth. But there are beliefs in those pages that if you really live them and share them, it would cause you to not get elected to office if you were a politician. And like Jeremiah, would cause you to be persecuted if you were a prophet. From a biblical worldview, there are many issues that are in direct opposition from the secular, politically correct worldview. One of those issues, it's a hot button issue, I think even today, uh, for society, it's the issue of gay marriage. It's politically correct to say that gay marriage and relationships, well, they're good and they're an acceptable lifestyle. There certainly is plenty on TV, that, plenty of shows that promote it. Many talk shows and news channels support it. 
Public schools teach it, and even some so-called churches encourage it. But the Bible teaches something very different. The Bible teaches that it's a sin unacceptable to God. In fact, it's labeled a sin in several places in the Bible, both in the Old and the New Testaments. In the eyes of God, living a gay lifestyle is not acceptable. It's not an acceptable lifestyle. It's just like unacceptable, just like being a kleptomaniac is an unacceptable lifestyle for God. Or abusing your spouse is an unacceptable lifestyle. Or like many other lifestyle choices that are clearly in conflict with God's word. According to the Bible, like all sins, these are sins that need to be repented of and to turn to Jesus for forgiveness and to ask the Holy Spirit for strength to overcome. It would be hard to argue against the fact that in American society today, what I've just said is very, very politically incorrect. But it is what God teaches us in the scriptures, like it or not. Well, how about this? I'll, I'll use an example that society sees as perhaps a little less emotional, a little less of a hot-button issue. It's politically correct to believe that there are many different ways to heaven and that all religions are basically the same. And we all really worship the same God, just in different ways. Just be a good person. Do good to others. You'll be okay. You'll go to heaven, assuming you believe that there is a heaven. But the Bible teaches us that this way of thinking is a deception. The Bible clearly teaches that there's only one way to heaven. And that way is by admitting that you're a sinner. By believing that Jesus Christ died for you to pay for your sins. And that only through your faith in him, and by the grace of God, will you enter into heaven and inherit eternal life. There's no other way. All other religions... They don't get there. Islam, Hinduism, Buddhism, Mormonism, or just play it stay home on Sunday type religion, be a good person during the week. Those religions don't work. They're a deception because they all fall short of God's truth. As God incarnate, as Jesus Christ comes to us, he reveals all of God's truth in its fullness. Now, for saying these things, many people outside these walls, well, they would label me a bigot or small-minded, easily deceived religious fanatic who's blindly following fantasies and myths. And so knowing that, what's the, the big temptation we as followers of Christ have to be on guard against? It's the temptation to change our beliefs so that we better fit into society. Well, maybe living an active gay lifestyle isn't a sin. Maybe believing that Jesus isn't the only way to heaven isn't, is that's okay. Maybe the things we're taught by the media are true and good. See, we want people to like us. We want to fit in. We want others to feel comfortable around us. And so, at best, we're tempted to keep our beliefs to ourselves and keep our mouths shut. And at worst... We're tempted to change our beliefs to better match the sinful beliefs of the world. Now, Jeremiah was in the same boat, at least the part about being tempted to keep his beliefs to himself, to keep his mouth shut. In fact, he tried, but he failed. 
because his faith was strong enough to not allow it. In verse 9 of that first lesson today, he said, If I say, I will not mention him, referring to God, or speak any more of his name, there is in my heart, as it were, a burning fire shut up in my bones, and I am weary with holding it in, and I cannot. So if you've ever given in to the temptation to keep your beliefs to yourself, or worse, to change your beliefs to better match those of the fallen world around you, then I want to encourage you to give that sin over to the Lord today. If you haven't already done so, he will forgive you. Remember, Jesus already paid for that sin on the cross. He died on the cross for my sins, and he died on the cross for your sins. Jesus died on the cross for the sins of every person to have ever been born. He died on the cross for the sins of every person who ever will be born. Our Lord Jesus Christ paid the price for the sins of believers and non-believers alike. Every sin ever committed was placed on Jesus as he hung on the cross. And he took them all away when he died and then rose from the dead three, day, three days later. He became sin who knew no sin. And by his death, he destroyed death for all who believe. In Ephesians chapter 1 at verse 7, it says, In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace. He freely forgives you and me of all our sins, even the absolute worst sins that we've ever committed in our lives. And he even welcomes people into heaven that don't deserve to be there. Really, none of us deserve to be there. He welcomes even murderers and thieves and adulterers and those who've committed sins that you can't even imagine. When we confess and repent, he welcomes us all because of his grace. My brothers and sisters in Christ, as you walk your Christian walk and as you talk your Christian talk, it's true that some people may label you as being politically incorrect or maybe they'll even persecute you like they did Jeremiah. Maybe they'll accuse you of being out of your mind, being crazy like they did with Jesus. But don't be afraid. The Lord is with you and he gives you his word to strengthen you and his Holy Spirit to dwell in you, to protect you, and to guide you. And always remember, Jesus is very comforting, but also very sobering promise at the end of today's gospel lesson. Everyone who acknowledges me before men, I also will acknowledge before my Father who is in heaven. But whoever denies me before men, I also will deny before my Father who is in heaven. Open your heart to him, and the gates of heaven will be open to you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.